0: Hello and welcome to Voice of Restoration, a broadcast outreach of the Christian Brethren Church, bringing you Bible-based teachings from author and Bible teacher, Pastor Afolabi Oladele.
1: And the theme scriptures that I'm going to be using are three. And we will use those theme scriptures to break into the grounds of what the Lord will have me share with you, things that he spoke to me. To deal with in our lives as we see the growing uncertainty that faces the whole world. The whole world, not just Nigeria. Because the seasons that we are in are such as will cause any heart that doesn't have God to faint. But we have God. Not just on my lips, but in my life. And that is my confidence. Uh, To share a joke, I had just finished um, meetings in in Zurich. I called the weather very badly. And um, just my usual self, my typical suit, nothing to take, because it became very cold. And with my gory after three days of exposure to real cold weather, and you know what? One of the nights... And I mean, this is not just blowing on your nose and bleeding. It was profuse bleeding from the nose. Guess what the first thing Satan said? Say, Ebola. <laughs> 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 Boy, if you don't have a strong heart. And it was, this was something that dragged for, for days. And I mean, profuse bleeding. So I told you, all this is your gra-gra. See, you come here and now you bring Ebola here. I said, Satan, get the behind me. Get thee behind me. When I even want to sleep, the kind of cold that I felt in my body. I said, I told you, you have Ebola. I said, Satan, you have Ebola. And that's the way we slugged in, day in, day out, day one, day two, day three, day four. Nose bleeding stopped, and uh, whatever it was, here I am, strong, hale and hearty. <clears throat> <laughs> then they say, "Ah, you know, when you are coming to Nigeria now, they will pull you outside, though, and so on and so forth." And I got here. I said, "They will just, just fill the form. I filled the form." And they put us in a queue. They were checking temperature and so on and so forth. I said, "This body, it is under control." They pulled the woman aside. So I said, you know the way Satan walks. So see, <laughs> <laughs> they pulled the woman aside. said, so, "Well, let's see how we will pass through this place." I passed through. <laughs> Where am I going? There is a spirit of fear that is out there. And when I get to the full dimension of this, the part that I want to warn you over when I get to the story of Naomi and the husband is that if you run because of fear, There is judgment that comes with it. I will break the story of Naomi and Elimelech down for you piece by piece as the Lord expanded it to me. So that none of you will out of just irrational fear or what things people say to you and so on and so forth that have no foundation on the basis of the word of God. Give me the scripture that we are starting with.
0: Luke 8.22 One day Jesus yes. said to his disciples... Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon, a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water. Thank you. Let me,
1: four things to note here. Who gave the instruction to go to the other side of the lake? Jesus. Were they in disobedience or were they in obedience? Thank you. Number three. Amongst the disciples, how many of them were fishermen? God bless you. At least four. Which fisherman do you know that doesn't know how to swim? So it was in their world, the world that they understood well. The world of sailing on stormy seas and so on and so forth. Not the things of the Lord that gave the instruction. They fully obeyed. It was the world that they knew very, very well as fishermen. And then came the storm. And what was the master doing? He was sleeping. Two things that I just want to draw in your laps. In the midst of all the challenges that we are seeing all around us, the temptation is to feel that God is what? God, that's not, it's, it's not, some say it's not there. What is, is God sleeping? How can all these things be happening and nothing is going on and so on? Haven't you felt like that? And that's exactly what was going on here. Even in the words of the disciples themselves, "Master, carest thou not that we perish?" They put God on the stand to judging for apparent quietness. They didn't understand the issue of fear and faith. And in the uncertainty of the times, as we will delve deeper into this, let no one put God on the stand. Because the Lord was also demonstrating something here that took them right back to the days of Elijah. How many of you remember when the, in the time of the sacrifice, the, the time of the oblation came, and the, and the, and the, and the apostles or the, or the priests of Baal, they were calling on their God and calling on their God and calling on their God and calling on their God. What was it that Elijah said to them? Is he what? Is he sleeping? Or has he gone to, uh, he's gone on a long journey and cold. You can see the, replay, the, the, the repeating of those themes there as a way to really test where do these people stand in terms of their belief in God. Your belief that is with you do you really believe that is with you? Do you really believe that is with you? And let me say this to all of us. The greatest enemy is yourself. It lies, it deceives, it tells stories that are contrary to the word of God, and God wants to break that idol that is called self. And the only way God is going to break it is by way of trouble. If you don't know, go and read the story of Paul in 2 Corinthians, I believe, chapter 1, somewhere in verse 23. He said, if we told you the trouble that we went through in Asia, he said we were crushed, overwhelmed to the very point of death that we virtually gave up. And the only reason why that was happening to them but that they may know the power of God alone. Paul, a young able man, who had come to know the power of what he could do by skills, by intellect, God had to take him through the same process that Moses had to go through to purge him of dependence on self to depend upon the living God. That he who speaks, he will bring your life out untainted. So this in this scripture. I want you to transpose it to our day. They were in their world, and there was so much uncertainty. The storms were men were so, were so grievous in the manner in which it was described, that they were afraid that they were going to die. And that's the thing that we have seen all around us, in the troubles of the nations, in the troubles of the nations. The storm and 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 the storm. The ultimate of that storm is the production or the bringing forth of the fake man that people will put their trust in because they refuse to trust in the living God. You Give me um, Luke 21, please, and take it from I think it's verse 22.
0: For these be the days of vengeance. That all things which are written may be fulfilled. All things which are written may be fulfilled, Mm. yes. But woe unto them that are with child, Mm -hmm. and to them that give suck Uh in those days. Uh For there shall be great distress in the land. Great distress in the land. And wrath upon these people. Upon these people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, Mm -hmm. and shall be led away, captive Mm. into all nations. Mm. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, Mm. the sea and the waves roaring.
1: Is there anything that is normal that is excluded from this? The sea, the land, the nations, everywhere, distress. Yes?
0: Men's hearts failing them for fear.
1: Underline that in your scriptures. The natural consequence of men, or to men, or upon men, is that their hearts will do what? Will fill them for fear. It was fear that drove Elimelech out of the land, forgetting that the same God who sent the famine, it is the same God who will send the rain. It's important that the lies that yourself will tell you that this thing oh my family is going to finish everything is going to be destroyed and so on and so forth and you sold all the things and you moved away it's this beat those two sentences men's heart failing them for what for fear and for what for looking after those things which
0: are coming on the earth so for looking
1: upon those things which are coming upon the earth God was saying to us You have a choice. You can choose to focus on what? On here, on the things that surround you. And in the next very sentence, he said.
0: For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Yes. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud Mm. with power and great glory. Mm. And when these things begin to come to pass,
1: when these things begin to come to pass,
0: then look up.
1: Look where. Look where you have a choice. Of focusing on what? On the things that are here. On the troubles that are coming on the face of the earth. You can focus on the fact that Boko Haram has just beheaded the head of another person. You can focus on all the troubles that surround you and so on and so forth. But you also have a choice of doing what? Of looking up. And when you look up, what are you looking at? You are looking at the skies, you are looking at the heavens. And the one who reigns in the heavens. You have a choice. Every single one of us will have a choice. To listen to all the stories that surround us. And be wound up by all the negative things that are being spoken. The consequence of it is that your heart will fail for fear. But we can also look up and begin to speak concerning what? The redemption that is at hand. I lay that to you as a foundation, as we step forward this morning. In this part one of what I call, don't give up. Don't turn back. Because those are real possibilities. You can give up, and you can turn back. Why do I say this? Because everything that the Lord was speaking in that place, you'll find that the signs of all these things are surrounding us. They are showing up wherever it is. And we are asked in the comments upon these people, these people that are being spoken about was none other than the nation Israel. God's timepiece that we've been told to always watch. And as you look at Israel and the things going on in Israel, there are several things that we want to just remind ourselves over. Because our day-to-day living, our ability to overcome the issues that are coming, are tied to our understanding of the hour. October the 3rd was Yom Kippur. That was the celebration of the Day of Atonement. And there were three things that characterized the Day of Atonement. Who are those who remember? is a time of reflection upon the things that happened in the passing year, a time of seeking God's forgiveness, and a time of forgiving our neighbors and praying for them in anticipation of the year that is coming. spoke about the day of atonement. The second thing that is following very quickly it's a feast of what, the feast of Tabernacles, which is happening. What are we today? Today is a feast. That will be about the eighth, eighth or ninth. That the feast of Tabernacles is being celebrated in Israel. And do you know what? Six a.m. New York time on Wednesday, the eighth of October. The second of the blood moons will appear. But of all the things, of of the three, of the four things that are happening, the one that triggered the change of ministration today for me was the fact that the feast of the tabernacles, the appearance of the second blood moon in the series of the tetrad, ushers in the sabbatical year of the land. For Israel, let's dwell upon that for a word, and see what it means in terms of the circumstance that we began to build from the scripture that we picked in Luke chapter, 20, Luke chapter, Luke chapter twenty-one, the Sabbath of the land. Who understands what the Sabbath of the land? What it is all about? Land given rest. No famine. Let's go to Leviticus 24, I think it is. Leviticus 25. And give it to me from verse 2.
0: Speak unto the children of Israel. Say to the children of Israel. When you come into the land which I give you, Mm -hmm. then shall the land keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. Six years thou shalt sow thy field, and six years thou shalt prune thy vineyard, and gather in the fruit thereof. But in the seventh year shall be a sabbath of rest unto the land. A sabbath for the Lord, thou shalt neither sow thy field,
1: you will not sow your field,
0: nor prune thy vineyard.
1: You won't prune your vineyard.
0: That which groweth of its own accord of thy harvest, thou shalt not reap.
1: Even that which grows wild, you will not reap it, yes?
0: Neither gather the grapes of thy vineyard, of thy vine undressed.
1: Neither gain undressed, it is a year of what?
0: Rest unto the land.
1: What is the first thing that comes to your mind when you read this? How are we going to eat, man? Indeed, it speaks about Sabbath being a time of rest. And those of you who recall, when I dealt with the issue of Sabbath, when the Jews, when they confronted Jesus because he healed on the Sabbath day, the answer of the Lord to them was that my father does what? My father worketh and worketh still. So the nature of work that was being done in the Sabbath is not built on the evidence in terms of the things that we see. Everything that God did on the first six days were external. Things that you can see, things that you can touch. And if the scripture said he rested he, said, he rested on the seventh day, and the word of God tells me that my father walketh, the nature of what God was doing on that seventh day necessarily was different from the things that you could see, the things that you can touch, the things that you can handle. They had to come to the things that come to you by what? By faith. And that's why this is a dangerous time for Israel. At a time when the whole world is turning the screws about cutting the economy off. At a time when everything is being done against them because of the Palestinians. And then the Word of God calls for it it what? A Sabbath of what? A Sabbath of what? Then you understand why. Today, I chose to be a day of prayers for Israel, because the consequences of failing to observe the day of the, the, Sabbath, the, 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 the Sabbath of the land is so grievous, yet I could feel for them in the midst of all the trouble that surrounds and surrounds and surrounds, how are these people going to eat if God is saying, this is the Sabbath of the land. Now that I've caught your attention, let's move forward. Because we need to bring these things home to us and home to the times in which we are.
0: Thanks for listening. Join us again on Wednesday for the concluding part of today's sermon. For more information on today's episode, please call 803 3628 796 or visit us online at tcbc.org.ng